Well, here we are again with the Step Zero podcast. I am joined by two individuals this time, being George and Amir. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, George and Amir work both at the Data Analysis Bureau. They're based in the UK. And uh, today we're going to touch on some topics that, you know, to be, to be fairly honest, are quite um, beyond my uh, set of knowledge. <laughs> I'm counting on you guys to, um, you know, to, t- to take the stage and, and do most of the talking. Uh, but we'll touch on topics related to, obviously, mental health and machine learning and AI. And, and you know, I know that you guys are, are working on something super interesting. So um, let's start with, you know, maybe asking um, both of you to introduce yourself um, and, and, you know, let, uh, let myself and the audience maybe get a little more acquainted with, uh, with your either pro- personal or professional profile. So I would say maybe, George, you'll kick it off. Yeah, of course. Brilliant. Thanks, Matteo. Thanks for the introduction as well. Um, I, I think both from, from both of us, really excited to sort of be part of this as well. And um, I think for, for us, mental well-being is a, is a sort of real key consideration. Uh, but like you said, my name's George Hancock. I'm the Business Development Director and CMO at the Data Analysis Bureau. Um, and I've been sort of with the business for the last uh, sort of three years uh, as we've sort of been growing. Um, and, and over the last year, uh, we've been sort of pushing um, mental, uh, the well, mental well-being as sort of agenda as well with uh, the use of technology. Um, and I think it's it's one of those one of those areas that most or all businesses uh, really want to um, support and sort of support their employees and support the industry as well. It's not just the latest sort of trend. It's everyone recognizes how important it is, and that's I think what we're trying to do through through technology and through machine learning and AI as well. So um, hopefully that's a short summary of me and, and obviously the reason why we're here and, and over to Amir. Yeah, thanks, George. Um, so, so yeah, on, on, on my side, I'm much newer to the organization I joined um, to really support George and the team towards the back end of last year. Now, I head up the, the mental health and well-being side of things. Um, so, and that's something that's really close to myself personally. Um, so I'm really supporting on, and I think we'll touch on it a little bit more as we get into the podcast, um, our wellbeing tool and understanding, I guess, how it works and how it's supporting uh, teams and, and really why it started in the, work, in the first place. Um, there's, there's a lot of reasons and lockdown and the, the coronavirus being one of them. Um, but outside of that, I've, I've been someone who, I guess, prior to lockdown maybe didn't have that much interaction or knowledge on mental health um but the the lockdown has has really forced you to dig deep and and get an awareness for for what mental health really means and it's given me an appreciation for how complex uh, the issue really is it's not as black or white as either you're you're happy or you're sad or, or anything like this rather it's it's a much more internal struggle at times um and something that's not necessarily visible so I think being able to be on, be on board and to be a part of something like this is something that's very important to myself. Um, outside, of, outside of TDAB, um, I'm kind of engaged in, in fitness really heavily. Um, I'm a bodybuilding competitor, which I won't stop screaming about. <laughs> um, you'll hear about it every five seconds. Um, but it's something that's really important to me, and it, and it stems a lot back from my, I guess, internal struggles as well. So it's, it's, it's a lot to do with me and kind of my journey and and how i've kind of grown as, a, as an individual um at the moment so our coronavirus already hit that side of things as well for me not being able to go to the gym or anything like that has been 
has a, has a bit of big, big, big factor. Um, and it's something I've had to deal with. And, and so being able to use this, this vice, if you will, to, to sort of support people is, um, is really interesting to be a part of. I that wasn't too much of a ramble on, on me, my personal life, but, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's something that I guess is, is an interesting and important part of, of why I do what I do. hundred percent. And look, like, I mean, the reason why, the reason why we do this podcast, uh, you know, we, we spoke briefly prior to the recording and, and this is, you know, the second time we, we have a chance to, we have a chance to talk and like this, you know, the reason why we do this podcast ultimately is to, is to get to know people to, to form some solid collections around, you know, connections around, uh, the, you know, the, let's call it the mental health industry, meaning like everyone yeah. who is somehow invested, you know, not necessarily financially, but who's interested in the topic of mental health. So, uh, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate you both sharing, you know, your background and, uh, and, you know, letting me also, uh, sort of like into your, into your own personal interests. And, and like you said, you know, this, um, this phase, uh, which is still ongoing, unfortunately with COVID-19, I think somehow, you know, made us all fairly experts with the notion of, of what mental health means. You know, I, I believe that, um, you know, the, the interest, uh, you know, on behalf of people in, in mental health is has sort of been growing in the last years. But of course, like uh, in 2020 sort of accelerated this process. And now everyone um, at least is, uh, is eager to, to you know, if not talk about, listen to whatever people have to say around, around mental health. So um, guys, again, thanks for being here. And I know, you know, like I said, I've done, I've done some research around, around the Data Analysis Bureau. Um, you know, George, like you said, you're, um, you're leading the BizDev, um, the BizDev department. Amir, you're, you're leading uh, the, the mental well-being offering. Um, but maybe I'll, I'll ask before we get right into the uh, what you guys are working on on, on, on mental well-being. Um, what is the Data Analysis Bureau about? Like, what is the you know, if not the mission, what do you, what do you guys normally uh, work on, excluding you know specifically mental health? Sure. So um, as a core business, we're a, we're a data science and machine learning uh, innovation company. Um, we actually started five years ago uh, by chance. So our two founders actually met on a train, um, both heading, heading down to go sailing. And um, uh, the, if you ever hear Eric speak, he'll say he did the, the non-British thing of starting up a conversation on a train. Um, Paul, uh, our co-founder and chairman, was uh, stressing over the weather reports as he was heading down to go sailing and his Sort of amateur sailing vessel and, and Eric as a semi-professional sailor um, had access to a whole lot of charts and there's a dead scientist sort of models that he was using and uh, Eric uh, sort of showed, showed Paul his uh, screen and gave him the reassurance of, of, uh, of, of when he could go out sailing and uh, Paul instead of using papers and maps uh, had access to, to Eric at the time and, and, and uh, the entrepreneur as he is said to Eric, if you want to sort of start a, a business around data um, to, to get in touch. And, and then they did. Uh, we've actually now got a photo in the office. Uh, we managed to get it printed during one of the breaks in the lockdown of um, them originally signing uh, the, I guess, the formation of the company in a Starbucks um, in, in London. So uh, that's a nice amount on the wall. But yeah, as, as a core business, we've we sort of developed, um, we've been through this cycle of sort of people um, pro, um, people projects and uh, products uh, all focused on machine learning and we've delivered a range of projects from 
basic customer analytics, being able to identify churn and propensity through to deep reinforcement learning models, uh, teaching AI how to sail um, as, as sort of sailing has been sort of a core focus for the for both the co-founders. Um, we sort of followed that through and we have what's called the innovation sandbox uh, as, as part of the business that's formed that. Um, and so aside from doing commercial projects across different industries, um, and in particular with like, with manufacturing and industrial automation, the sandbox has sort of opened up an opportunity for us to do other projects. So we've been researching natural language processing and, um, and natural language understanding over the last year as well. Uh, but also with our with our chatbot, so with Sam with the mental well-being tooling, this has given us an ability internally to sort of invest and develop that through that channel. So we we have that ability to be able to grow something internally and, and everyone to champion champion it and get behind it as well, uh, because we have this we have this sort of uh, funnel and this sort of service in the business as well that's not just entirely committed to to commercially um, commercial projects only. Interesting. Um... And, and I know, I mean, I've checked your website, of course, and I, I read, you know, a few articles here and there. You guys, you guys actually have a, a super interesting blog. I admit some articles are, are beyond my reach, uh, but I still think they're very interesting. Um, but you, you mentioned, you know, obviously AI and machine learning a lot. And, and for people like me who, who are not from, you know, from the business, could you help me define maybe before we get into the, into the core of the discussion? Um, what do we mean by machine learning? Is machine learning um, a subset of AI? Um, could you maybe guide me in the right direction there? Yeah, sure. So I think um, it's, it's a common one, actually. And it's, I've actually just put out a blog. When you say about the blog post, I put out a blog earlier. Um, people often come to us and say, what can, you, what can you do with AI? Or what can you do with my data? And, and we try and turn it around and say, well, what, what do you need to do? What's the challenge you're trying to solve? Um, what is it you're trying to it's like any technology it's a case of unless there's a, a challenge to solve there's there's not really need for need for the technology and solution um, but typically what it comes down to is when we're talking about AI it's it, it's a combination of machine learning um, tools and, and by that using data to uh, provide outputs and actual insights for for customers I think that's the sort of focus people need to uh, to, to, to draw on and, and in particular for how we've mapped that into um, to well-being is actually through the through the research of the last year and the sort of catalyst of like Amir said with, with lockdown and um, and COVID nineteen, um, we saw the the mental well being space as a as a key play key place we could help with technology, and started to look at, um, at clinical references and questionnaires with different academic bodies and, and um, clinicians as well to be able to develop that and deliver that question set through a conversational assistant use again using ai powered tools now these are all things that are readily available on um from microsoft azure and, and cognitive services and we've stitched that together and built the models in between them to be, to be able to deliver it so we've we've created this this network of, of tools and, and technologies to be able to deliver that service as well and i think that's where we get that sort of distinction between ai and machine learning that machine learning tools are sort of those components we use and the combination between can become like a, a sort of a weak or narrow AI application. Fair enough. Thanks for thanks for clarifying. Like that actually that actually helps. And uh, and Amir, I mean, obviously you uh, you mentioned you you lead the mental well being offering, and and as far as I understand so far, like it did clearly you know came about thanks to uh, the concept of sandbox. You guys were able to to experiment and then ultimately you know pivot partly of your efforts into into um, mental well being efforts. 
what is your role in this uh, in this project and how did you come about um, implementing yeah absolutely so my role really is to support and help develop the the mental health well-being um, and I guess one of the reasons why we've done the mental health well-being tool is with the creation as George mentioned again with with lockdown and, and with COVID the two big issues really came apart the, the first is mental health became a much bigger and more prevalent issue and it became an issue that affected more people um i think it, it's an issue that may have already been there but rather lockdown has now escalated it and, and, and brought to the forefront of people's minds so much so that it's now it's, it's now on the agenda it's, it's an issue that people are talking about and in many ways i think lockdown has has done a lot of good to bring the, the the stigma away from mental health however the issue remains that there is a stigma with mental health that there is that stigma especially in the workplace of i'm feeling sad i don't want to tell my employer that i'm, I'm feeling sad or i'm feeling unhappy or depressed or have anxiety um these are all issues that together people don't want to talk about um there is that taboo and stigma attached to it um about mental health so the two issues is mental health has become a bigger issue whilst at the same time people are not interacting with each other because we're now as we're talking now on zoom um you're not you're not interacting with your colleagues you're not interacting with those people who you may have had as confidants and uh, you may have confided in um so it's it's that ability to speak to someone but at the same time ne not necessarily have to go public so what's important for us was ensuring that the employee had access to be able to vent and give out these these feelings that they're feeling and get the help they need but crucially doing it in an anonymous way that's that's not going to ex expose themselves or leave them feeling further anxiety within within the workplace and not have to physically announce that they have um they have issues with their mental health or they're struggling at that certain period of time and that was really important and when when i when i go on board this was something that really appealed to me and this is one of the reasons why we pushed it in the direction that we have. Now, it takes, it takes two forms. Um, the first form is for the employee, and this is the aspect of having a virtual assistant. Now, George touched on the, the way in which we use machine learning and, and AI to really um, support and, and use AI for good, if you will. Um, so one of the ways in which we do this is by having a virtual assistant that uh, is able to, to interact and, and speak with you uh, ask you how you're feeling uh, really provide that that touch of that person you can confide in but at the same time it's, it's anonymous um, so if I'm if I'm having a particularly difficult week as you we were talking about before before uh, this call this week's been very very busy so if on Friday I get to the end of the week and I, and I think today this week has been really tough um, I'm really struggling at the moment there's there's not very much interaction with colleagues I can I can bring up bring up the assistant and just say look I'm struggling with stress um, and this assistant can then direct you in 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 the way of getting help for for stress so it can say things like hey this this area or this charity is is very very good to to give you the help that you need um, and by having that person or virtual person to speak to it allows you to just get those things off your chest and get the help that you need now the the second part is the, the the online platform that we have for for employers and this aspect is where we can really provide that added value for for bigger organizations who may feel as though on the other end of the spectrum 
because they're not seeing their, their employees, not seeing their colleagues, how do, how do I keep track of and, and support my employees, uh, I guess, in the workplace if I'm not seeing them on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, so what this does is through those anonymous, um, I guess, those insights that the assistant is getting, it will give you an overall understanding of how your workplace is doing in regards to mental health. So it might give you a, an overall dashboard and a score out of 100 on, okay, your mental, mental well-being for your organization is 69 or it's 70 or it's, or it's 80. And then it can also highlight the places where your colleagues may need help. So it might say to you, uh, look, the, this group of employees are working super late hours and this is reflecting on their mental well-being. So you can then direct resources accordingly to, to those spaces. Um, so I guess the, the short short version of this is we've wanted to address both sides. We wanted to, to help the employee, but also help the employer. Um, because especially with, with lockdown and with not having that interaction, we, we wanted to bridge that gap, but do it in, in a way that's sympathetic and shows an appreciation of the complexities of mental health. It, as I mentioned before, it's, it's not a, I'm happy or I'm sad. It's, I might be feeling stressed or I might be feeling unsure about whether I'm unable to do this. I might have imposter syndrome. Um, there's a lot of complexity to do with it. And if we're able to even help 5%, 10% of that, then I think that's job well done on, on our side. Guys, first of all, hats off for, for what you and the whole team are doing, because I know there is a few companies working on, on similar issues, but I, I believe you guys are, um, are doing something spectacular and, and from judging from the outside, you know, this is really, um, this is going somewhere, or at least I hope so. And I do have a few, a few follow-up questions and I'm, I'm sure that some of these you get a lot, but you know, bear with me. Um, it's more out of, uh, it's more out of curiosity. So the first one is, you know, if we take the, the virtual assistant component, um, I, I definitely see where anonymity would be a huge advantage. Um, I agree with you, Amir. I mean, like a lot of people, you know, speak less and less. They have a really hard time interacting a little bit because, you know, because of the current situation. But at the same time, you know, people are still not really comfortable opening up about, about their, their mental struggles. Um, how do you think uh, or how big of an obstacle is it really to uh, sort of confide yourself to a virtual assistant or, or a chatbot? And I know that, you know, I, I recognize the advantages of a virtual assistant and we talk about them a lot, for example, in retail, right? And sometimes even in retail, you have clients who at the end of the day would want to speak to a, to a person in flesh and bones. And, I, and, and sometimes I think, well, the same thing would probably apply uh, or maybe the more so uh, with potential patients or people or individuals who are actually, you know, struggling. So, you know, to boil down to the question, um, how, how big of an obstacle do you think is it for people to become comfortable um, talking to a virtual assistant? I think it's a great question, Matteo, and it's, it's one of those one, it is one of those um, areas because you definitely recognize that it's not the answer to everything. It's a means to provide to to, to, to obtain an answer for someone. So um, the the idea behind the conversational system was to make it more readily av available because what obviously there's, there's, there's design implications for all these things. When people talk about solving technology for elderly people, it's a case of, well, this wouldn't reach them because we, we don't currently have the interface to be able to do that. But what we can do is be able to dis disseminate information as, as best as possible using this sort of process. Um, People are constantly on the on the on the people are constantly on their devices. They're on, on on laptops at the moment. 
And whilst it's not, we're not, not trying to encourage them to spend longer on it, we're just trying to serve them through the tools that they're using. Um, and having a conversational assistant can, that we to integrate with things like Teams and Slack and Facebook Messenger and, and simply just a web app as well, give them access to that information readily available so they don't have to go searching around the internet and do their own, re and do their, necessarily do their own research. Um, we, can, we can deliver that through that sort of system with questions that they tailor and, and the right information from both their employer and, and also um, public sources as well. Um, and what we've done with the, the, the conversational system, that, that sort of front end is we initially had quite a conversational flow. So it would be, hi, how are you doing? What's, what's new today? How do you feel? And we've been through a few iterations and we actually changed the, we actually changed the process order and actually implemented a, a simple emoji score at the start of it. So the emoji score ranks from different different emojis that you can click on and on how you're feeling. And then it can direct you through the right path more quickly. So if you're feeling okay, it might give you some more reassurance of, oh, that's great. And it would take a record of, of how, you, how you feel. Perhaps if you're not feeling so well, it would direct you some more information if you're feeling stressed. It might give you some information about drinking more water, making sure you get sleep, making sure you talk to somebody. Um, so it's about giving the right information at the right time. Um, and then it, it would take people through and it does take people through to access that information that if they were in a, a, um, a point of distress or they needed more help, it would direct them to immediately available information from their employer. So I could direct line that they could call or connect them through to an assistant that could actually speak to them directly. So the as with chatbots and conversational assistants, the idea is to be able to sort of field that cert that first 50, 60, 70% of inquiries, provide information just to, to people that's readily available and give them access to that information immediately. Um, and that's the, that's the whole point of being able to sort of open that conversation up. People become more educated about things and, and understand more about that process and then can take a better action that they understand as well. Um, and I think part of it from sort of experiencing mental health and well-being issues for probably my whole life and family and friends i definitely re resonate with the fact that starting the conversation sometimes can be the key can be the key part um people don't know where to start but by by giving people pointers they they, they can do and and you know i and this makes a lot of sense thanks for clarifying and and i i, I agree with you a thousand percent i mean you know like <clears throat> I, I think this is a, this is a great way of kicking things off of, of starting a conversation like you said and and if you have, you know, a tool that first of all makes it anonymous and it's and it's lightning quick and it's pretty much available 24-7, I don't see you know why people wouldn't use it. And and these are overall the the, the big advantages that this sort of technology brings um, compared to um, you know um, talking to somebody live. Sometimes you know people are in distress and they need to uh, you know, look for the right information or just like kick off a conversation and maybe they're not able to do so because like we said with Amir, uh, we're stuck in our, in our homes. Maybe some of us live alone. They don't know where to, where, to get, where to get the right information. And let's not forget that, you know, whenever you Google something, you get a thousand results and maybe there's only a few that are valuable, right? So um, I, I really see the value of all of this and I appreciate you guys clarifying. And, and you know, jumping on the, on the, let's say the platform side of things, um, my you know, immediate question would be, um, do I need to be, let's say a data expert to, to read the results that I'm, that I'm getting as a, as a, let's say company representative, or are these prepared for 
for anybody to interpret. So I can, yeah, I can take this one. So no, absolutely not. Um, one of the main things that we want to achieve with this platform was to have really good user experience and accessibility. Um, so one of the ways we do this is by working directly with you to build this platform. So what's crucial is this isn't a, a one-size-fits-all platform that will have um, set features and, and set um, tags and monitors that it's monitoring. Rather, it's whatever's important to you. So for example, if you want to look at specific um, groups, if I take the, the care home sector, which is uh, a sector we have a, a lot of good uptake in this with, if I wanted to monitor um, care homes and understand the mental well-being of specific care homes, I can have that as, as almost pinned. So if you take your iPhone, you can take what's very important to you and pin that to, to your front page. And it will show you in, in, a, in a bar graph format, it can show you in, in a live format, that's something we can work with you to, to really ensure that it works exactly to your workflows. Um, and then the second part that I would add is it only in, include information that really you need and, and you want. Um, so it won't include the whole data tech technical side of things um, if you're not a data uh, technician. Um, more to the point, if you want to dig even deeper and get very granular, it also has the information for you on a more case-by-case -case situation. So if you are someone who's very engaged in that technical side of things. We can give you that even more in-depth information so you can provide that to, to your, I guess, HR teams or whatever teams would be responsible for, for managing uh, and supporting teams' well-being. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily need to be. Um, and that's the beauty of something like this and using machine learning and, and AI to, to work with teams and have it specific to them. It means that what you're getting out of it is exactly what your company needs rather than having to go shopping for something and see, okay, this fits 60% of what I need or 65% of what I need and it will have to do. This is something that is going to be specific to your mental well-being needs and can address those in, in a, in a user-friendly way or a way that's friendly for you, <laughs> rather, should I say. But, um, but yeah, absolutely, you don't need to be an Einstein or a data technician to, to be able to de decipher anything. That's, that's super interesting, guys. I'm, I'm, you know, I, would, I would have probably like, any more questions but i'll try to i'll try to boil it down to to a couple and if i if i may ask like is there any let's say predictive component to this so if i if i have you know i, I get this data and let's imagine that i'm i'm a team lead or a company representative and you know like you explained i want to see uh, how my organization is doing uh, or I, how this specific target group of people is doing and i want to monitor them um, would I be able either now or in the future, of course, like uh, to predict any uh, behavioral issues, any, any, would I be able to anticipate some issues that are maybe not uh, clinically assessed, but would I be able to say, all right, this group of people or this specific person will likely face some issues in the coming months. Is there anything like this that it's, that it's possible already or will be possible in the future, you think? Sure. Yeah. So with the um, with the on the just to address the individual basis, because the anonymity, you need to you can only do it by group. So you could say in a business, you'd see sort of sales, marketing, you could do HR, you could see operations, you could see um, sort of like management. It would only go by those sort of groups. So you could understand how they what the sentiment is for that group, and it would the sentiment analysis within there does does identify trends and behavioural trends and responses. So it would give a, a reasonably predictive element. It's, it's not um, currently in place to actually be able to say, okay, next week this group's going to be 
to feel particularly down, but it it does recognize the trends that those groups associate with different feelings. So for example, if you've just had a company town hall or you've just had a um, some company-wide update and that you wanted to push out the survey and get people's reactions, you, you may see that one group of people is very positive about that reaction and another group is very negative depending on what those updates were. Um, and you can understand how they respond from, from just from the company communications at how they respond to those, but also on different days of the week and what people have to do in their day jobs or operations or what's happened externally that you could see how they've how how they've been impacted and then on that, on that basis be able to predict or interpret what needs to happen or what could happen within that group and what action that those that team or the company needs to take then to, to um, Amir's point before obviously when you get into that granular detail it is about providing that information back to the business so that if you see there's a, a overall there's a, a low um, low, low level of, of well-being within the business HR and the people teams can take action and engage people engage teams make sure they have information available to them make sure they they can improve that well-being level because obviously that's the, the whole point we support the individual and the individual has access but the company can take action as well based on the information that's provided and through that people can be more open and more transparent potentially about how they how they feel and the sort of they can pick up on those keywords and those sort of trends as well that can influence the business. You know, truth being told, like I'm, I'm so happy you guys are are here and 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 you know accepted to come on the podcast because this is really the whole point of of me and doing this podcast. Dora and I doing this podcast, like we we come across really often, um, you know, either either organizations or people or, or simply articles, you know, online where um, you know uh, where we see that companies and, and people and managers and leaders, you know, wish they had the right data to do something, you know, um, sometimes, you know, it's in the case of, for example, startups, they don't have like the right um, amount of resources to, to really know where to get started. There is no specific blueprint. And one thing they wish they had is, is some actionable data to at least understand, are my people doing all right? Um, is, there, is there anything I can do? Is there any specific issue that I can already address uh, in order to in order to you know ultimately make my uh, employees happier and uh, and because of this um, you know uh, increment productivity uh, and 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 profitability and so on and so forth and and I, I believe that what you guys are doing in this sense is fantastic um, and you know it's really cool to hear that this solution integrates with with Slack and Windows Teams and and you know these are clearly uh, highly 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 used platforms on on so many organizations so i believe that the uh, the signals and the and the, um, the the inputs that you can get uh, with these integrations are are you know just really uh, potentially benefiting so many people in the future um, and you know speaking about the product and and where this is going um, is there any specific feature that you know, you guys can maybe reveal to us anything that you're particularly excited about in the future, either, you know, related to this product or on anything you're working on related to mental well-being. Well, I think for, sorry, man, do you, do you want to? Yeah, I'll tell you quickly. So I, I would, I'll let George touch on, I guess, the, the, the progress that we have in development with, with newer products. But one of the really important things and with, with mental health is we want to keep this conversation alive post lockdown and and post when everything seems to settle down and, and uh, granted this is going to take a, a lot of time but 
what's really important to us is that once everything has settled down and we're back to some form of relative normality, whatever that may look like um, post lockdown, we don't want this to just become something that's that's washed under the under the carpets and it's it's something that's that's forgotten about and and takes a back seat. We we want to keep this conversation alive about mental health and ensure that it's at the front of people's minds and and the front of of companies' priority list. So by being able to integrate this, we're going to continue to really develop the the capabilities that that this um, platform has. The way it can it can really provide key insights for, for businesses and organizations in, in ways which potentially it can't do now, but working with machine learning, we're gonna to continue to develop uh, the product to, to make that overall offering as beneficial to organizations as possible so that the end goal is that, that mental health and wellbeing aspect is continue to, to be looked at for far beyond the coronavirus outbreak and, and, and once normality really has resumed. But I'll, I'll let George touch on, I guess, the machine learning and, and other developments that we have. Yeah, no, I think I think I mean great points, me as well, and I think you're absolutely spot on with the fact that we don't want we're not trying to sort of isolate it. We're almost trying to make it become the norm that the conversation is there. I think like we've sort of seen over the last year, it's the mental well-being and mental health is 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 sort of increased in in visibility and conversation, which is really positive. Um, and I mean, we've, if we go back to sort of start the conversation, if there's sort of perceptions around stigmas around it but it's it's a case of how do you make it more more normal to be able to talk about it um having these sort of systems in place i mean there's, there's obviously constantly um constantly innovations there's a post of the day about a, a, a wristband that clicked good or bad depending on how you're feeling um but is it's the same cast my mind back of well how about fitbit or garmin who would have thought you'd be watching and tracking your workouts on your wrist people think that's People may have thought that was that was a bit crazy, but what's to say we can't integrate things like Sam into your Fitbit and you can just give it a quick emoji score on how you're feeling and make it more accessible so people can talk and access those tools more more readily available. So these are all com- ideas that are always flying around our heads of how we can make that more accessible, more available too. Um, but I think the, the key part is going to be about learning the actual, to enable the system to learn more about how people react so people can we can deliver it in different um uh, different tones different times and different scenarios in different regions because everyone has the different ways of reacting reacting to um conversational assistance and be able to by being able to sort of learn how people behave it can support them better as well with that with those resources as well so that'll be that'll be something we start to work on next as part of the roadmap and and, and as we get the feedback through the trials and um, implementations at the moment we're constantly trying to constantly try to evolve it that's great thanks for thanks for sharing guys and you know considering the stage you're currently at um, are you you know looking at specific organizations that you would love to talk to um, is there any you know let's pretend that that uh, that this podcast had a few million views um, which may have or may not probably probably not um, but let's let's say that this is a massive podcast and you have a chance to make a mass appeal um who would you uh what message will you guys send and and to whom like given you know the current stage you you guys are in sure i think the the, the one of the areas of focus is really focus on the moment through our partnerships is is frontline teams so the, the in particular the moment so the care homes you've got frontline carers and, and support workers looking after 
um, all sorts of members of the population that's making this available to them um, so that they can they can sort of share how they're supporting um, uh, supporting their business supporting other individuals as well because if your mental well-being is down in one area and you're caring for someone that could have an adverse impact on them as well so that's really important and then I think the other the other one is obviously there's such a broad mix of, of, uh, of people that we we think it's highly effective for but those that um i think particularly used used to that that level of in, that, that engagement um and they've now been sort of isolated to home um people are sort of sitting there sort of been able to access this readily available tool um so i think they're the sort of prime people to really for us to really sort of contact to so sort of professional services consultancy teams um those sort of intelligent teams that predominantly anyone who's been affected and been able to work from home and doesn't necessarily have that social reaction or outlet to be able to get out of the house because they're having to be um, locked down to an office or room or kitchen or, or lounge or uh, bathroom if you're desperate for space, depending on where people are set up. 100% appreciate it. And, and guys, I mean, obviously, you know, unfortunately, we are you know, heading, heading towards the end of the discussion and I, I cannot hide, it was, it was you know, an absolute pleasure for me. And is there anything that I should have asked you, but I, I didn't so far. Like, is there anything that you would want to cover uh, now in the last couple of minutes? Any any idea? Any any um, I guess point that specifically you wanted to cover, but we didn't so far. And and the answer could be no. So and I would be fine with it. But I want to give you the chance to sort of express anything else that we haven't had the the chance to cover. Sure. Well, I think I think for me, um, Amir gave a very comprehensive introduction, and I potentially didn't didn't quite do it justice. But I think um, obviously the the whole goal for us is just been to increase the conversation about mental well being. Um, so, so from a personal note, I've I've grown up with family and friends have difficulties with with mental health and mental well being, from from schizophrenia, bipolar disorders, through to depression or anxiety. Um, I've seen that impact my whole life. So I've always had a very open conversation or dialogue around, I think, mental health and well-being because it's been known to friends and family. So we've had those conversations. We've known how to support people. We've not always, we're not clinically trained, but it's just there to have the conversation. And I think um, that's sort of stayed with me for later in life to sort of say there's no stigma. I don't sort of perceive there's any stigma around it or any out of the norm. It's been a case of, yeah have have the conversation it's okay i always say to my wife you might be annoyed with me you might be particularly stressed about something that i've done go and talk to someone else about it go and talk to your to your mom and dad go and talk to your friends about it just reach out to, to someone else to talk to talk about it and i think that's the the, the one thing that sometimes is, is missed um and i think that's probably one of the stigmas with with men i know there's always a sort of a high um high suicide rate and high depression around it but i think it's always a case of if we can make it more more the norm and have those conversations and just show there's that vulnerability and, and that exposure to it people will have more conversations and use not only just our tools but all tools to be able to get that resource and, and access and support um especially when things are so constrained and so um so maxed out at the moment i think it's important that people do just uh, use the channels they've got available to them to to get that support so um, I thought I'd just add that sort of personal adage for me, and I think Amir's got um, potentially a bit more to touch on as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you covered quite a lot of them. I think it's it's really kind of great to hear, and and I think it's 
it's an important topic. And I think what's, what was really good to close on is, is the, the notion that mental health doesn't discriminate. Um, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, I know we, talk, we spoke about it. It's great that we really want to push out at, at teams that may necessarily have been office based and now are not and so are struggling. But that's not by any means to say that it's, um, it's, it's focused on this area. Mental health is something that it can push through and hit you at, at any time. Um, doesn't matter how how alpha you may be, how big your biceps might be, or anything like that. It's it, it really is something that can that can push through and then hit you really really hard, and you don't know who's who's struggling. Um, so our, our message really is that from a top down and bottom up perspective, it it doesn't discriminate. It can hit every single industry, and and therefore, yes, we want to push certain industries, but our ideal is to have mental health or well being discussed with every single industry. Um, we want it to be a industry agnostic um, service that can really help everyone anywhere, whether you're in the office, whether you're a construction worker, whether you're out and about, wherever, wherever you are, we want this to support you um, and give you advice to, to open up and get the help that, that you may need. Yeah, guys, I mean, I've honestly nothing to add to that. I think it was the, I'm really happy I, I gave you some, some extra space because I, I felt like this was absolutely needed. And, and I think you both expressed really you know fundamental concepts and ideas that that i believe we don't really we don't really speak about um i guess often enough so i appreciate you doing this um as a as a last request or last question if anybody would would listen to this and uh, and was eager to get in touch with you guys what is the best way to to reach out uh, probably for, for me just through, through linkedin um pretty active on there so Rather than giving out mobile numbers and emails, it's LinkedIn. Um, just search for George Hancock and the one that sort of looks like this. If we've got a video, <laughs> perfect. I'll, you know, I, like like we like we like we spoke prior to the prior to the recording. Like if if this helps, you know, uh, some some interesting people, organizations get in touch with you guys and uh, and move the needle when it comes to mental well-being. Then then we are in it for a big win. So. Uh, all I can say is once again, thank you so much for for taking part in this. It's been an absolute pleasure, and and who knows, maybe we'll touch base again in a few months and see, and see, you know, what progress you guys have made. Yeah, hopefully, I thought that that'd be great, Matteo. And th I think thanks very much for having us. And I think for anyone that does listen as well, I'd encourage them to reach out and and obviously support you in this endeavor as well, so we can just continue to uh, to to boost the message and uh, make sure more and more people listen and listen, observe and um yeah take action as well absolutely i appreciate you guys i'll uh well i'll talk to you soon thanks right, cheers <laughs>